0: What's up guys? Welcome to another episode of Total Health 2020. This is going to be the first episode of a series I'm planning on doing on trying to help with weight loss and my kind of fitness journey and helping you guys along that same path. And so hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed that little kind of change in beat there. I'm thinking about changing the beat every few um, podcasts just because it's fun to make and I realize there's a lot of kind of different things I can do with the software. So um, Like I mentioned in the intro, the first thing I kind of want to talk about today is how to kind of set a weight loss plan, a fitness journey. Uh, I'll kind of take you guys a little bit through my fitness journey, how I did it, why I did it, things like that. But I think this episode is going to be the first in a series that I'm trying to do. Um, Essentially, I think there's a lot of kind of different things that go into planning either weight loss, weight gain, whatever it is your goals may be. And I think it's important to kind of take it systematically one step at a time, figure out what exactly you want to do, figure out why you want to do it, and um, kind of go from there. And so I think this first episode is mainly gonna be about goal setting. Um, that's something that's very important. I feel like um, no matter what it is you're really trying to do is being very clear, specific with what you're trying to achieve. And so the same applies for fitness. Um, kind of giving you guys a little bit of background about me. So, I started my fitness journey about eight years ago or so and I've never looked back. It's become a habit that I really can't skip out on anymore. It's just something that I really enjoy doing, really love doing. And so I kind of wanted to share that with you guys and hopefully um, at least give you some background about... How? what are some different kind of, kinds of things that you can do to at least get started if that's something you're interested in doing? And so the first thing I definitely think is very important in trying to gauge and trying to understand about um, whether it be a fitness journey or anything else is really being specific with your goals and trying to figure out what your motivation kind of is. Like are you trying to lose weight for you? Is it something you've really wanted to do either to live a healthier life? Um, maybe you want to live a longer life to spend more moments with your family. Maybe you want to be a little bit healthier, um, just to lose weight and be more confident in your own body. Um, and so these are all things that are definitely important to kind of think about why it is you want to do what you want to do, because ultimately that's going to shape our motivation going forward. And it's going to make it easier to measure our goals and progress along the way. And so going back to kind of how I got into uh, my own personal kind of fitness journey, I started off later on in high school, early on in college, and I kind of got injured quite a few times back in high school. Um, I tore a ligament in my knee, I had some kind of like neck problems and things like that. And so initially for me, I started started working out kind of as a rehabilitation method to kind of build myself back up to where I was at least, just so I can participate in sports and things like that. But ultimately, I fell in love with it and it's translated into a lot of different aspects of my life. It's definitely helped with my own confidence and um, body image and things of that sort. But it's really taught me a lot of different principles that I think are applicable to any aspect of your life in terms of discipline, self-motivation, um, and really just setting goals, setting habits, and being consistent with them. And so I think it's important, again, to kind of figure out what exactly it is that you are want to achieve in your own fitness journey, if that is something you're interested in. Um, and so, and the reason I think it's important is because weight loss is very difficult without some kind of plan, without some kind of goal, without some real structure in your routine. And so if you just kind of go about your weight loss journey, like, hmm, I, I've gained some weight, I, I want to lose some weight. It's very difficult to find the motivation, find the energy and kind of be able to measure your progress in terms of like what it is you want to achieve. If you just say you want to lose some weight, maybe as soon as you lose two pounds, you're not going to really want to get up off the couch that that next day and go go to the gym or um, eat a little bit healthier because you've technically already achieved your goal, right? You lost some, some weight. But I think having a very, um, it doesn't have to be long term. It kind of just depends on what it is. Maybe you want to lose a little bit of weight so you can fit into some clothes for an interview coming up or um, look good for a picture or a wedding or whatever it is. Um, You can have your own goals and that's totally fine. But in terms of really making a change in lifestyle and being consistent with your progress, if this is something that um, you want to do kind of long term and have a more um, lasting or meaningful impact, then I think it's important to kind of um, figure these things out. And so ultimately, there really is a science in goal setting. That's why I think I might make this episode either a little bit longer or make it into two, but really talking about goals. Um, there's been a lot of studies that try to show how exactly you can build your goals to make them more achievable, how it's easier to kind of measure your progress and things like that. So there was a study that showed that in two groups of people, if you took one group of people and they just said they want to lose weight or they want to exercise, and you took another group of people and they specifically said... I am going to partake in 20 minutes of exercise of a very specific exercise on this day, at this time, and at this place. Um, And naturally, you'd kind of expect that that more specific group tended to achieve their goals a lot more than the other group because, one, they were more specific. Two, they had a plan going forward so that it's not another barrier for them to be to have to think about, huh, like, where am I going to go work out? What am I going to do? Because everything's already planned out for them. Everything's already mapped out for them. And so making those barriers smaller, um, kind of taking away some of that inertia towards making changes, one of the easiest ways to make change. And so that's why it's important to build habits. It's important to be specific and kind of plan out what you're going to do because it makes it easier to do that thing. And so that group of people are two to three times more likely to exercise than the group of people that didn't really have a plan kind of going forward. Um, in addition to that, it's important to kind of develop different kinds of methods of rewards or punishments or whatever it may be to help yourself be more consistent. And so say, for example, you want to um, lose a little bit of weight or something like that and you want to kind of determine goals about exercise and things like that. Maybe you want to say, I'm going to work out at least 20 minutes, you know, tomorrow doing this exercise and that's going to be your goal, Right. Well, as soon as you hit that 20 minutes, you're very likely to stop because you've hit that bare minimum goal. You technically hit your goal and now you're done, right? Usually when we're running or whatever it is, we're always going for a minimum, but it's important to kind of set a range for ourselves or um, at least be a little bit, I guess, try to achieve more than just the bare minimum. If you, if your goal is just to lose five pounds or something, as soon as we hit that five pounds, it's not likely that we're going to make lasting change because we hit our goal and that's ultimately what we set out to do. But that's why it's important to kind of define your expectations and set goals that are reasonable, of course, but also um, challenging and more than just kind of the bare minimum of what you want, because then it'll help you to kind of keep working towards something, keep working towards um, progress, a goal or whatever it is you have in mind rather than just kind of hitting that goal, hitting that target, and then stopping, and then potentially reversing a lot of the progress that you already made. So setting upper limits upper limits to goals or at least a range. So say you say, I want to run between um, one to two miles tomorrow. Like, yeah, sure, you can technically still stop after that one mile and say you hit your goal, but you're more likely to go a little bit further just because you were a little bit more, um, like, ambitious in your goals. And maybe you don't want to hit that bare minimum because you defined a maximum that you're still pretty far away from. And so I think setting upper limits to goals or at least setting higher limits to the bare minimum um, is useful. But on the flip side of that coin, you don't want to start something off with very unrealistic goals, right? So one of the most important things you can really do is be realistic with what you want to achieve. So you're not going to just give an arbitrary, very high number tomorrow. I'm going to run 10 miles when you've never even ran two miles before, because it's not realistic. It's very difficult to do. And so there's a fine balance between kind of setting minimums that are achievable, but also not kind of selling yourself short. And so that's something that you'll kind of learn over time as you get started and so in the beginning it's important to be realistic with your goals and as you kind of realize what you're capable of what you can achieve um, then you can kind of incrementally increase it from there and now going back to that idea of rewarding yourself for helping kind of maintain consistency via some kind of method um, there's two kind of methods that personally I never really thought about but I was kind of looking up different researching different things for this topic and I thought these were pretty neat tricks and so Um, And I realized that a lot of companies actually kind of employ these tactics as well to kind of get their audience or users more engaged. Um, And the two methods I kind of want to talk about are something called the paperclip method and the Seinfeld method. And just giving some kind of background to these. So the Seinfeld method, um, someone kind of famously interviewed Jerry Seinfeld, the creator of um, a lot of different comedic kind of specials and the popular hit show Seinfeld, of course. And they kind of asked him, like, how is he able to maintain such a consistent, um, program and program that, you know, between episodes, there wasn't a lot of variation in quality content and things like that. And for him, his idea was not so much like, you know, Monday, he didn't find any inspiration. So he didn't write down a lot of jokes. And then all of a sudden Tuesday, he had his stroke of genius. No, that wasn't really how he went about it. Every day he challenged himself to write jokes, no matter how good he felt that day, no matter how good his ideas were, whatever it was, as long as he did something, as long as he was consistent, he would write it down, OK, Monday, I wrote down this many jokes, and I accomplished my goal for that day. Tuesday, I did the same thing, and he would kind of keep a streak going, essentially. And not breaking that streak was very rewarding to him, because I think as humans, we're creatures of habit, we're creatures of nature, and we kind of um, we feel great when we kind of see that number going up. okay, I went 15 days without breaking this streak, and it's kind of addicting and rewarding to keep that going and so a lot of different companies kind of employ this. Like on Snapchat, they have Snapchat streaks. And so you want to keep snapping your friends because you don't want to break that streak. And there's a lot of different kind of kinds of ways to think about it. But I think if you keep track and you write it down somewhere, you make it very visual. You have visual cues of, okay, I did this thing today. I wrote it down. I crossed it off a list. Um, I crossed it off my to-do list. It's very, very rewarding. And that can kind of help you keep on... Um, Maintaining some semblance of consistency and uh, consistency with your your goals. And so if you have a goal of working out, you know, every day for 20 minutes, if you make a list and you kind of write down, okay, I worked out Monday, I worked out Tuesday, and you cross it off or whatever it is, however you kind of want to keep track of it, it'll help you kind of um, be consistent and uh, go on with your goal. The other thing I want to talk about is the paperclip method. And so that's, you know, basically along the same lines, like essentially you're putting in a paperclip or some kind of visual cue into a jar or um, something every time you do something, it is that you want to do. So say every time you thought about getting pizza, you and you didn't and you ate something healthy instead you put one more paper clip into that jar today and as you see those pile up again it's a little bit addicting it's rewarding to kind of see yourself making this progress similar kind of thing goes along for like piggy banks or something like that like as you start saving up it becomes more enjoyable and pleasurable to save up more because you're realizing that you're achieving these goals you're building towards something and it's very visible rather than just kind of like an abstract okay i gave myself a pat on the back today and you know that's it, and you kind of forget about it because now every day you're reminding yourself of your accomplishments, of your successes, and it'll help you kind of maintain um, consistency that way. And another thing that I think is very important um, regarding achieving goals and being consistent in that uh, regard is developing a appropriate choice architecture. And what that essentially means is, as you know, kind of humans, we have almost unlimited choice in a lot of ways. And that's what makes life difficult sometimes. When we have a lot of options available to us, we're often gonna choose the easiest route or the most rewarding route, whatever it is. And sometimes that can be difficult because we're human, right? Like we don't wanna necessarily go down uh, go up like 10 flights of stairs when we can take the elevator. We don't always want to choose the hardest path because it's easier to have that kind of immediate gratification than those delayed benefits that come with a lot of the things that are great for us in life. And so developing a choice architecture where some of the more difficult things are actually easier for you to do, then some of the easier things can make your choices a little bit easier in a sense. And so that may sound confusing, but let me kind of make sense of it. So if you want to go on a diet, and your house is like stocked with Oreos and chips and um, sodas and all these kinds of things, you're very unlikely to reach and go make yourself a salad, right? Like it takes more time, it doesn't taste as good, and you're not going to really see any of that those benefits from the salad for quite some time potentially, right? And so we're going to naturally kind of reach for those easier, um, more gratifying options. And so developing a choice architecture kind of just means making harder choices easier for you. And so if you don't keep any junk food in the house and you only have healthier options, then it obviously becomes a little bit easier to make those healthier options, if that makes sense. And of course, I'm not saying kind of like just devoid <laughs> your life of pleasure. Um, there, again, with, as with anything in life, there has to kind of be a balance, but keep less junk food in your house, keep more healthy options, um, make it more difficult for yourself to get the junk food if you want it or in the house, make it very far away and you have to kind of go all the way upstairs just to grab one Oreo, or you can reach right into the pantry and grab some, um, something a little bit healthier. And so making those options a little bit easier for yourself is is very important. And that that translates into a lot of different things. Like that's the kind of the concept behind a lot of those different like um, website blocking sites where say if you're trying to study for a certain amount of time, you're going to block off these websites so that it's harder for you to go and waste time. And obviously you still can go and reach these websites if you really want to. You can delete that um that blocking app, but it takes a little bit longer. And just creating a little bit of a barrier for yourself sometimes is always all we really need to kind of remind ourselves why we want to make the change we want to uh, make. And so having a good choice architecture is important to kind of build good habits and break bad habits. And so another way we can kind of take this one step further is developing kind of repercussions for things that we do. And so along the same line, like we're generally going to take the path of least resistance. That's just kind of who we are as humans. And so having some kind of repercussions for, I guess, like going against whatever it is you want to do. And so for example, you have to kind of make rules and limits for yourself. And this may seem extreme and not everyone has to do it. Even I personally don't do it um, just because I've kind of found other ways to kind of approach things, but just depending on what works for you. And so if you try some of the like developing a good choice architecture, you try um, the paperclip or Seinfeld method and those don't work for you. You can try being very consistent with, like, I guess punishing yourself for negatively reinforcing bad habits. And so if every time you eat an Oreo, for instance, you have to do 20 push-ups, um, doesn't sound too terrible, but if you make that kind of promise to yourself and you stick with it, and that's the key, you have to kind of stick with it, um, then you may not want to go eat that Oreo because you don't want to do 20 push-ups and you kind of have to make that repercussion worse than um, whatever it is you want to do. And so I think that's another way to kind of approach it. Just kind of be consistent with um, what it is you want to do. So like if you want to go and have a hamburger, then you're going to have to run 30 extra minutes on the treadmill. Maybe you don't have 30 minutes to run that day. So, okay, fine. I'm going to avoid that hamburger today. It's small things like that. And um, and so it's only something you really want to do if other things haven't really worked for you, but it's just another kind of way to be consistent with your goals as long as you're able to abide by those kind of rules that you set for yourself in the beginning. Um, another way to kind of help set goals for yourself and help build good habits is to opt out instead of opting in. And so what does that mean? And so there was a famous study um, done quite a a while ago that um, you may be familiar with. And so it was a study on organ donation. And so I think it was in Great Britain where they kind of automatically, they were studying kind of like how automatically putting you into a kind of presumed consent for organ donation would increase the rates of organ donation. And so essentially it was an opt-out method into where in order to not donate your organs after some kind of um, you know, a fatal event or whatever it may be, you would have to, like someone in your family or someone would have to kind of call and say, hey, I don't want my son or daughter or significant other donating their organs, rather than having an opt-in system where you are presumed not to want to donate your organs and someone has to say, okay, yeah, we want to go donate our organs. And so it's kind of a weird topic and um, it may make sense, but this is something that a lot of marketers take advantage of. It's just kind of a system where sometimes opting out can sometimes be more effective than opting in. And so what does that kind of mean? Um, Essentially, instead of saying, okay, like tomorrow, I'm going to go sign up for a gym membership and run um, one mile, right? And then when tomorrow comes around, it's harder to kind of get up and go and do that rather than when you have the motivation today, you go and set an appointment, you already buy the gym membership in advance, and then you say, okay, tomorrow at this time, I'm going to go run that one mile. And then now once that next day comes around, it's harder for you to back out, lose that money miss an appointment than it is to kind of start one up and set that up. And so that's kind of along the same premises of that same kind of like opt-out, opt-in strategy. And it's just some another tool in your arsenal that you can use to kind of maintain some more consistency and be more um, habitual with your habits. And so I think this is where I will stop for this episode. Um, this is just kind of like a general kind of sense of how it is you can kind of set up and maintain achievable goals, whether it be related to fitness or weight loss or not. And again, I'm by no means an expert on this, but it's just I'm just giving you some kind of tips that I researched on and some tips that I've used in the past to be a little bit more realistic with myself and um, maintain more consistent kind of goals. And in the next episode, I'm going to delve on this a little bit more and talk a little bit more about weight loss in particular, how you can use a specific kind of systemized um, strategy to have goals that are specific, measurable, attainable, um, realistic, and kind of um, in a specific time sense so that it's easier for you to achieve them. And then we'll kind of go about different obstacles you may be facing uh, in, in achieving your goals. And so just to kind of recap some of the things that I talked about in this episode, um, weight loss or whatever it is you're doing is always more difficult without a plan. So it's important to have a specific goal in mind, be very specific and reasonable with that goal, Um, define upper and lower limits for your goals and how you're going to achieve them, Um, be consistent and kind of have a method of rewarding yourself or punishing yourself or whatever it may be to maintain consistency with that goal, develop a good choice architecture and um, potentially having repercussions or something... uh, holding you back from breaking your bad uh, your habits and ultimately trying to, kind of trying to either opt in or opt out of your goals and strategies that you set up for yourself so that it makes it more difficult to um, stray from whatever it is your goal may be. And so I hope you guys found this helpful. You guys could have been doing anything with your time and I really appreciate that you decided to spend some time um, listening to me and I hope it gave some kind of value And I hope to keep on kind of bringing you guys um, useful information in the future episodes. So thank you so much. And I hope you guys have a great day.